text that we want to consider is from Philippians chapter 4. We hear verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We pray these are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is true. Amen. What are some ways in which you would uh, describe or characterize this past year, the past six, seven months that we've had to deal with? Difficult, depressing, isolating, demoralizing, challenging, infuriating. I think I would, in many ways, call it a complete and total dumpster fire. It's a big, stinking, burning garbage heap. I'm ready for this year to be ancient history. It's been a year full of hardship for us, and I think that we can all agree that so many people, including ourselves, haven't dealt well with it. We've let the stress get the better of us. Our fuses have been short, they've been volatile. We've lacked love for our neighbors and for the people around us. We've been fearful of things. We haven't been acting with the kinds of hearts or minds that St. Paul in our text encourages us to have. And why? Because it's 2020, pandemic, injustice, anarchy, and now natural disasters, the West Coast is on fire. But what does Paul say we as Christians should be doing? He says in these verses that we should rejoice. Rejoice always? What? Even here now in this terrible year, 2020, rejoice? I guess so. After all, that's part of always. Paul even doubles down in our verses by repeating himself for the sake of emphasis. Again, I say, rejoice. And then Paul even has the audacity in our text to say that we should be full of gentleness, reasonableness, being anxious for nothing. The nerve of that guy. Where does he get off telling us these things? St. Paul, does he have any right to say this? He didn't know what we were going to have to go through, did he? Really, St. Paul has every right to tell us this and to encourage us, even as we face these unique challenges and situations that we face. If we were to try and compare our bad year with what St. Paul had to go through in his ministry, I think uh, our experience would pale in comparison to what he had to go through. I appreciate, especially in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, how St. Paul gives us a little glimpse of what he had to deal with in his daily life as a missionary and as an apostle. He explains, I've worked hard, been in prisons, been whipped, been close to death many times. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one three times beaten with rods, one time I was stoned, three times shipwrecked, spent a day and a night floating on the open ocean. 
I have been on journeys, in danger from rivers, in danger from robbers, in danger from my own people, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the wilderness, in danger on the sea, in danger among false brothers. I've worked hard and struggled. I've spent many sleepless nights, been hungry and thirsty. I've gone without food many times, been cold, lacked clothing. And besides all those external matters, there's the daily pressure on me of my concern for all the churches. I don't think we want to get into a situation where we're comparing battle scars with with St. Paul. And so when he encourages us, when he speaks these words to us, and he says rejoice, rejoice always, he really means it. Even as he was writing these words to the Philippians, and he was telling the Philippian Christians who were dealing with all sorts of, of problems and persecutions and troubles, He was telling them to rejoice, and he meant it. As he was writing those words, you recall, he was in prison. He was under arrest, waiting trial before Caesar. And who knew what would be in store from that? More hardship, more persecution, maybe even death after standing trial before Caesar in Rome. And yet, what kind of attitude does Paul in that instance have for himself that he's encouraging among the Philippian Christians, that he's encouraging for all future generations of Christians, including you and me here today. We who know Jesus Christ, we have every reason to rejoice. Rejoice always. Even as we face these hard, challenging, difficult situations, even uh, as our hearts might be tempted to be overwhelmed with fear, as we're tempted to be complaining about things or to act out in rude ways to other people. We're given encouragement here from someone who can really relate to us, who understands what it's like to go through challenging situations. And he says that in spite of it all, we can really rejoice. And he explains in the middle of our text why. It's just a really short phrase. It's easy to cruise right by it or overlook it, but he says we can rejoice because the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. It's a short little phrase there in the middle of our section, but it's so powerful, it's so meaningful to you and to me. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. It's a reminder to us that uh, the troubles that we face here in this life, ultimately they're going to be short-lived. Our Lord Jesus is coming. And in fact, don't we pray for that? Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Closing words from from Revelation 22. Or we pray as Jesus himself taught us, thy kingdom come. Aren't all of these troubles that we see around us right now in this past year really signs of the end times? Aren't they reminders to us that heaven is coming? But what comfort we have knowing that we are citizens of that place, that we are going to have that place where there will be no more trouble or challenges or disappointments, discouraging things happening at all. This is another theme that we find in the book of Philippians. Even in the chapter just before our text, Paul says, you are citizens. Our citizenship is in heaven, he says. And that is far more valuable than anything else. Paul says that everything else he considers to be rubbish, garbage, a giant dumpster fire in comparison to knowing 
our Lord Jesus Christ. We have this most intimate, loving relationship with our Savior, and that means that we can lose all other things. We don't have to worry about anything else because we are found in Christ, not having a righteousness of our own, Paul writes, not coming from our own abilities, but through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God by faith. Jesus Christ earned righteousness for you. He came into this world. He lived a holy, perfect life. Never once did he complain or get anxious. Never did he worry. He earned righteousness that he now shares with you and me. Our sins of not rejoicing, our sins of not being gentle or being sinfully fearful and anxious, they together with the multitude of all of our other sins, they are taken to the cross, and there they are laid upon our Savior. He pays for them all in full with his own blood, giving up his own life for us. And you and I have confidence. You and I can absolutely now rejoice. Our citizenship is in heaven because Jesus lives. We get to look into that open and empty tomb. He's not there. We see and we hear that glorious Easter proclamation. He is not here. He is risen. And that's an assurance to you and me that we too are going to rise from our, our graves. What do we have to worry about? The Lord is near. He's coming soon. He's going to take us to a far better place. And so don't worry. Instead, rejoice. The Lord is at hand. But it's also a wonderful message. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. And he's at, he's at hand. He's near to us always. Even still today, as we face these troubles, as we face these difficulties, the Lord is still at hand. He is near. He promised that. I will be with you always to the very end of the age where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. Or in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He is absolutely here with us. And he tells us exactly where we can find him. He's here with us through the means of grace. He's here with us in word and sacrament. And that's why we gather together. It's why we come to chapel. It's why we go to church. Because he comes to us in his word and he announces an awesome message to you and to me. Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. You have nothing to worry about. That's why he points us back into the baptismal font every single day. I washed you clean of your sins. I've given you this promise. I will be with you always, through everything. And he renews that baptismal promise to you and to me every day as we remember our baptism with repentant hearts. He invites us to come and feast with him at his table. And he feeds us with his own body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. Yes, even in the midst of any trouble, you and I can count on the fact that he is here with us. And that is a wonderful reason for us to rejoice. Rejoice always. He's never going to leave our side. Paul also in our verses, he, he gives us an, an additional blessing, another reason for us to rejoice, even in the face of any hardship or trouble. To put it into football terms, we get to punt when we have any trouble, any anxiety, anything creeping in on us, Paul says, kick it up to God. Go to God with your prayers, with your requests. When you see that you have too far to go, you're not going to make it, you're tired, you're worn out, you're burnt out, we have this great privilege. We have a red telephone directly to God. 
we turn our hearts to him in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And that's a wonderful bit of practical advice from Paul. When we face trouble, when these anxieties and worries creep in on us, kick them up to God. And then we get to stand back and have that gentleness that Paul spoke about in our text. Another translation is reasonableness. It's the cool confidence that you can have once you give your problems, hand off your problems to Almighty God. What do you have to worry about? We can stand back confident and sure that He is going to cover us. He's fighting our battles for us. He is surrounding us with His peace. So take it back to uh, how do we describe this past year? Maybe uh, from here on out, we can describe this year of 2020 as a reason still to rejoice. In spite of it all, the Lord is at hand. He is here for you. He's coming soon. He's going to take you to be with him. But he's also here as you find yourself in the midst of problems and troubles. And he's never going to leave you. And you and I can cast our cares, our anxieties upon him. In prayer, we can hand off these struggles and this mess that we find ourselves in to God which leaves us with the ability to rejoice, rejoice always. And as we rejoice, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.